Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey through the Stargate, through SG-1, Atlantis and Stargate Universe. Destiny. The design is clearly ancient, launched hundreds of thousands of years ago. We were on a ship, but we have no idea where we are in relation to Earth. These are the wrong people in the wrong place. Sure did. Why'd you do that? He told me to. I have a gun. What happened? Greer. Greer shot him. Each week, Alan and Mike will be following the adventures of the crew of the Destiny, along with one or two guest hosts. Join us for everything that is Stargate Universe. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to Gatecast episode 213. Pardon? 300. 313. <laughs> Damn it, my brain said 200, got stuck on it. Carry on, I'm going to leave it as is. <laughs> We're recovering air part 3 with the same guests that we covered air part 1 and part 2 with again. But in case you're only coming in for here, guests, would you care to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Steve. Welcome back, guys. You have a good week? Yeah. Yeah, busy as always. There we go. I know that feeling. <laughs> if I'd asked Alan that, he'd have gone for a 10-minute monologue about going the ups and downs of sauna, Ikea. Huh? Huh? Ikea? Huh? English. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I have done it. Is it the Ike Ikea or the Ike Ikea? I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> As Alan says, going to be watching Airport 3. We are again watching the episode from the extended version. Runtime is 43 minutes, 19 seconds. Spot the missing scenes or the additional scenes. Funny enough, the extended book did have a missing scene. It kind of threw me off that, did when I was listening to the commentaries. Yeah, I just watched that a couple of hours yeah. ago. Seemed a bit strange, but okay. Extended book with bit removed. Yeah. <laughs> I remember listening to my first Pratchett audiobook and I hadn't checked and discovered it was abridged, which I noticed roughly three minutes in when I thought, hang on, they didn't get from that bit to that bit that fast. There are at least four more pages. Uh, abridged the oh, curse of publishing. Yeah, abridged the Repub- the Gap Convention version of books. <laughs> right, we'll jump straight in, shall we? Yeah, indeed. Good. I have to drive to Madison yet today. I live in Wisconsin, so Madison's my state capital. Fair enough. Isn't Wisconsin a flyover state? Mm, just about, but we're on the east side of the Mississippi, so we're not flyover. Flyover states are only on the west side of the Mississippi River. I see. So you basically have to get out and walk through Wisconsin. They have to. Yeah. The GOP actually started here in Wisconsin, so they kind of have to stop here. Oh, gods. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kevin Batchelder. I'm Wendy Hembrock. And I'm Brent Barrett. And we're the hosts of a new podcast called Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV. Where we discuss sci-fi and genre shows currently on television and some from the past. We're fans just like you. So join us in our water cooler and back porch discussions of your favorite shows. And strangely enough, you can find us online at tuningintosci-fi-tv.com. Be seeing you. Wait a minute, isn't that what Bester says on Babylon 5? Maybe. Oh, see what I have to deal with? Okay then, we're watching the PAL Region 2 DVD episode with a runtime of 43 minutes 19 seconds. We are currently on. The episode begins with the keynote just exiting the Stargate on an alien world. Alan will do his countdown, and when he says click, press play. Okay Alan, off you go. Right. A three, a doe, a hen, clicky. Ooh. I don't know, a kino. Yes. In what they assume is desert, but what looks like snow. Yeah, this is not the uh, the well-known sand pit in Vancouver. No, the sand's the wrong colour. We are actually on location in New Mexico, White Sands. Okay. Not far from the military testing range. Not far from where they exploded the first uh, atomic bomb, either. They actually recorded this scene uh, several weeks after they did the rest of the shooting for the episode air. Makes sense. Probably the only location bit they did for the whole thing. Yeah, they had a local film unit as well, not the usual guys. Make sure we can dial back to the ship. Already on it. Thing is, is when watching it first time round and repeats that I've watched, I never noticed any continuity difference between them coming back from this location into the ship. So to find out that they actually did this so many weeks later, I thought was quite impressive. Mm. especially given some of the suntans. Right, we've got Eli, of course, and uh, Scott and Rush. Looking puzzled. 
Sergeant Curtis is the airman, and Andrea Palmer is the scientist. Bradley Stryker and Christina Schkald. Not the most hospitable planet to be making your first port of call. But not all that different from Abydos, really. <laughs> no, not really. I wonder if that was a conscious thing. Wouldn't be surprised if it was. Now, this is the first time we see the Stargate off-world. Yeah. Um, the newer version of the Stargate, anyway. So with the spinning parts and the base unit. Yeah, it does look like that base unit was made for this Stargate. Because we've seen the Kawush, you know, and it fills the whole centre, so why didn't it wipe out off the base? It's always been one of the puzzles of the gate. Yeah. How it's mounted. Because the gate's cool like that? Yeah, it's just cool. The thing is, is on the ship, part of that gate is buried underneath part of that deck, so you yeah. don't see the rest of that sort of mounted unit. So The mansions, they were clever, weren't they? Yeah. There's probably just a little force field down there in the base. That's what protects it. Must be. It's not. We're good! This is Scott. Unfortunately, there's nothing useful in the immediate vicinity of the gate. You have 12 hours, Lieutenant. Make him count. Copy that. Indeed. That. It's <laughs> a great view. That's production yeah. value, isn't it? <laughs> it's a whole lot of nothing out there. We can't just use a sand. Not to mention that, of course, if they had to do a retake, imagine the hassle they would have had to get when they're actually sort of footprints and things like that. Well, in the commentary, you know, were, again, the actor's commentary, no production commentary for this episode. There's a number of the takes they did have to sweep away all the footprints. Mm-hmm. I remember watching some behind-the-scenes stuff for the original Dune movie and talking about how much time and money was spent just trying to clear up the desert in between takes versus the scenes. <laughs> and then if you had a sunstorm, you'd be complaining. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm uh, looking for Chloe Armstrong. She's still in there. She hasn't come out. How is she? How is she? How about asking how I'm doing? Well, you're trained for this, Airman. Give me a... F- she, she just watched her father die. My father may as well be dead to me, too. Because I'm stuck in some galaxy that only God knows about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Y- you well, know, I was supposed to go back to Iraq again, but they said that this would be a better opportunity. We're all going to die out here. Hey! Now, this was an interesting scene, not included in the original broadcast. Yeah. Very different side to Lieutenant James. Yeah. I mean, she, her introduction wasn't the most... Uh, Classy. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> No shame on her herself, you know, she she's no different to Scott, really, but Scott's been allowed to build his character up. So is she just a throwaway, sort of cynical? The thing with the ensemble show in the first three parts, you don't know who's going to be important and who's not, and who's going to get whacked. That's it, you don't know. And there's a chance the writers didn't know at the time, either. We're still alive because of what he did. Look, for what it's worth. Well, it's worth a lot. You know, as long as we're still here, I, I promise you... Colonel... I've edited enough of my father's speeches to know what you're going to say. You don't have a clue what I was going to say, because I don't. I mean, obviously, Young is come to Chloe, A, because she's the daughter of the senator who held the purse strings, so a little, you know, damage limitation is probably a good idea. Well, it's also the fact that he's now sort of coming here and sort of it makes it clear why he's there. It's not just to check on her, is it? Although it looks like it to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it's... It's about sort of using these communication stones and actually sort of reporting back to her mum. Hey, guess what? Yeah. Ain't coming back. I won't be home for dinner. Neither will Dad. <laughs> I won't be home for anything. Oh, Telford survived then. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> Trying to look all zen. Yeah. But yeah, going into this series, we knew that people would die, but you never knew who. And of course, we're in the third episode, but so far after the base, we've only had one person. So they've been very fortunate, aren't they, really? Yeah, so there's always a question of, okay, so who else might go? Because it was a sort of lost thing, wasn't it? No one you knew could be safe, because even some of the main characters in Lost got killed off. So yeah, always left a bit of mystery when watching it for the first time, because it's just like, they could actually die. They probably need some sort of schedule to determine who you'll be jumping into. I'm going to need you to. Sir, I, I told you not to get up. Oh dear. He got a bit of a surprise when he jumped into Jung's body. Yeah. More bruises than I can count and a concussion that resulted in neuropraxia. Well, that's just great. 
And of course, as what we know of Telford, he doesn't take criticism or advice very well from yeah. his underlings. No, he's a stubborn... <clears throat> you know, I had some of my favourite arguments with your father. Are you saying you won some? Depends on who you ask. Dr. Mahet is played by Sandy Sadao. Mm. He appears in a couple of episodes of Universe. Yeah. It's a very casual uniform, isn't it? Who played Major Green? Because hasn't he been in it before? He looked familiar. Major Green is played by Mars Andersons. This is his first appearance on Universe, but he has played three episodes of SG-1. Ah. You would recognise his face. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I thought he looked familiar. I just saw him in the background. I hadn't really noticed him properly before. Fix it. We're trying. Even if we can get the life support working, we don't have much food and water. Then go get some. We're not supposed to be there, sir. These are the wrong people in the wrong place. And as a group, they're just not qualified. Oh, please. I wasn't qualified to lead that first team through the Stargate. I understand that, sir. In the past dozen years or so, we, we've sent hundreds of teams through that thing. I have a question. Did they try the body swap with a member of the opposite gender? I uh, can't remember. None of us are qualified. just think we're going to get to a point very soon where everyone on board should get a chance to say goodbye. This bit's funny because, of course, so uh-huh. he's saying, yeah, we weren't ready or trained <laughs> 10, 15 years ago. If you'd said if he was the right people to be out there, he would have said, yes, he wouldn't. <laughs> Jack's sort of learning curve and so sort of, mm-hmm. he understands. Yeah, we didn't know what the hell we were doing out there. <laughs> oh, looks wonderfully stark. Yeah. Combing the desert for the line. Anybody what? else imagining them with big combs now? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that one guy not wearing the, the camo shirt? I mean, Eli at least threw the uniform shirt over his red T-shirt, but the other guy in the dress shirt just looks, you know, out of place. Well, he probably wants to uh, make the point that he's a scientist. You know, he's not part of the military. He doesn't want to be part of the military. Yes. Maybe a bit of a resentment. Well, the thing is, he's got a long sleeve shirt, so he's covered up from the sun. So I suppose he yeah. doesn't really need any other coverings. Mm. But why he went out in black, considering black absorbs the heat... Oh, that's his uniform. That's yeah, but he could have easily to wear black on the grounds. That what it actually does is, if it's properly formed, it traps a layer of moisture between the clothing and your skin, and has a better cooling effect. You get a sort of a evaporate. It's a bit like the way a wetsuit operates to keep you warm. Hmm, interesting. They spent five days in New Mexico filming all these scenes. I know it was a mirage, but. When we were walking over that last dune, I thought I saw the Statue of Liberty sticking half out of the sand. Just for a second there, I I was all ready to yell, damn you, damn you all to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Requisite Planet of the Apes joke. Yeah. Yeah. Damn you. They talked about this in the commentary. (laughs) All of this had to be ADR'd because of the wind noise. Uh Yeah, the wind looks pretty strong the way... Rush thing is blown around. I think Rush is doing the whole Lawrence of Arabia thing. <laughs> Greer, hold up! Hold up! They even said on this scene, when they called to Greer, right now, Jamal couldn't hear him because the wind was that loud. Oh, oh, wow. Fine with me! As you've seen, David's all plans to the ape scene there. Doing that ADR and trying to match your mouth movement, very difficult for him, he said. Well, it's definitely impressive because I hadn't actually noticed that it was. They were flown out here in a military helicopter, which basically was able to land between the dunes. You couldn't even see it. That should take you back in the direction of the game. Whoa, wait a second. <laughs> Do we really think that splitting up is the best idea? I say we head straight back. There's no point in crossing over the same territory we've just crossed. Or we could just stick together. The base was actually on alert for part of the time. They even had instructions for where they could look. <laughs> wonder just how much financial support and everything else the U.S. Air Force actually gave to the Stargate titles over the years. These guys were the Air Force's best friend for the entire run. Yes, unofficial cheerleaders for the American military. Not just the military, but specifically the Air Force branch. They didn't really do much with the Navy or the Army, a little bit with the Marines. It was... Well, they did get a nuclear submarine out of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> they don't compete. Well, unless you're buying them from Russia. Oh, poor Eli. The bromance with Scott has already fallen foul. Okay, guys. We're going this way. Move out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, power's gone to his head already. Nice way to take charge, Eli. (laughs) 
how we can make some time. Ooh, it was right. Yep. Yet he likes Eli. I think already we've seen the fact that he would, doesn't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah, I think if it's anybody else, then he would have actually just told him, "Look, you're slowing us down. Go that way." But I think yeah. it shows that he does already like him. That just like we need to split up. We actually see the person that Chloe is. Well, we saw her in the mirror, Doctor Mahet. Yeah. You see her on the ship. Yeah. Explained. Chloe. Mrs. Armstrong. And this is Anna Galvin. Yeah. This is a uh, first appearance on Universe, third appearance on the Stargate franchise. Actually playing a human this time. Mm -hmm. Well done. No accent either. I know I look different. And I sound different. But it's me. Mom, please. But, uh... <laughs> needs a drink. Straight into the scotch. <laughs> Stop! Yeah, she's going to have trouble for the next couple of months, I think. She's a proper politician's wife. She's got booze there. <laughs> Some politicians in your Congress and Senate that are recovering alcoholics? I don't think any of them are bothering with the recovering part, really. Yes, alcohol is the grease that gets things done. And and the gop is the glue that jams the wheels up. Yes. Just tell me you're coming home. I don't know. Mom, please. Wow. <laughs> Zip, not cool, woman. <laughs> yeah, a gentle touch. <laughs> Okay, enough. Try to gear her up a bit, please. She's actually reacting quite well, considering she's talking to someone who doesn't look anything mm. like a daughter. Yeah, she's not using four-letter words to tell her where to go. And Why did she Ow. say he's dead, and then the mother said he's dead, isn't he? Did those subtitles come up in the wrong order? I didn't catch, yeah. The thing is, I suppose, she's probably taking the body swap a little bit differently, because she's at least been in the know about the project for a lot yeah. longer than somebody else who's just been sort of read well, in. maybe the senator did disclose classified material to his wife, who knows? <laughs> well, the fact that it seems to be a family affair with regards to doing the work on this project, she might have been somewhat involved in some of the planning. Yeah. Colonel, we were able to dial out to the planet again. Colonel Young and Chloe are using the communication stones. This is Colonel Telford, Dr. Metta. Adam Brody. Uh... Oh, oh, right, okay. <laughs> See, that, that's it. <laughs> Beautifully delivered. Yeah. Uh, yes, nothing to report yet. Uh, they split up. How much time before the ship jumps back to FTL? Roughly nine hours. I dial out every 20 minutes, maintain regular contact. We do have power issues to be aware of. Dialing the gate is a significant drain on what seems to be limited resources at this point. The away mission is priority one right now. Okay, Telford's taking so, charge. This is his opportunity. Mm. Although, as we learn, he was going to be in command of this mission when mm. it officially started. Tried working around it. Dr. Rush didn't think that was a good idea. I think it makes sense to know what our options are, so do what you can. There has to be a good reason why these addresses are being disqualified. If I wasn't being clear, I was giving you an order. Uh-huh. There are good reasons. I don't think they've got the chain of command right when people can just jump into other people's bodies and take over. Yeah, I mean, Telford does outrank Young, but he's still kind of online jumping into the body and then doing this when he knows he's not going to be there to maintain command. I thought they are both the same rank. I thought Telford was a general. Maybe I'm wrong, though. No, it's colonel. It's colonel? Okay. But Young is still officially in command of Icarus Base. Yeah. And by extension, Destiny. Okay. Because he wasn't going to go away on the mission, which is why Telford was going to take charge of it. It's going to be impossible to maintain this pace on the way back. Maybe for you. How tedious. Little boys playing soldier. Well, I'm sorry. I have no interest in playing your game. I'm not playing anything. I'm trying to save the lives of everyone aboard that ship. If we continue at this pace, we're going to die out here. Yeah, maybe we'll... Ah, right. <laughs> isn't, isn't he so wonderfully dislikable? Yeah. But he can say this, this stuff, and he doesn't care. That's his strength. Anybody else think back at this part to um, SG-1 and <laughs> Daniel Jackson in the desert? Daniel Jackson wasn't quite this snarky until he got to know Jack better though. Yeah. No, I, I meant with um, Rush is with... just sharp Oh, things. yeah. One hour. One hour and then we start circling back. Alright, fine. They are definitely reddening up, aren't they? Yes, they are. I mean, they're covered in sunscreen already. Yeah. But then again, like they said, it peaked at 117 degrees on one day. That's in human terms. 45, 50 or something like that, maybe? Aye. I remember six weeks in uh, Turku at 38, and I just sat there in a single piece of clothing with the curtain closed, the window open, and a fan going. 
Oh, whatever that was, absorbed the chemical. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Celsius 117 would be about 46 degrees, it looks like. That is for young children and elderly people. <laughs> oh, he's unconscious. I like this part. Well done. DJ to the rescue. 47 degrees is 117, just in human, period. So it's got pterogenesis? You are out of line, Lieutenant. Disregarding the health of another human being is out of line. I am well within my rights as ranking medical officer. He'll be out an hour or two. Well, what am I supposed to do? There we go. Lock her in while you're at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I thought that was good. It's just like, look, I haven't got time for this crap. What the? Yeah, Scott's getting a bit paranoid now. Uh-huh. But then again, we know that he saw something. And we can assume it's real. At this point, we can assume what he saw was real, but nobody else did. Something wrong. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not here to get you. No, I'm fine. They're not having a very good look. Look at the places I need to stop and test. If only they had some sort of shuttle device, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That could scan wide tracts of land and overfly. Vast tracts of land, even. (laughs) Hey, guys. Another negative over here. I'll radio Scott and tell him we're moving on. Uh, yeah, that's not what's going down. Hello. One thing that got me, if they're supposed to be searching, why is it when they've got plenty of Kinos, did they only bring the one? And (laughs) why is it that they're not using it? Well, maybe the Kino can't sample the ground, can it? So, and if you can't visually see any difference. Well, it looks different later. Yeah, they don't know that. Right. But the thing is, is... I would have thought, expected that at least they might be able to use it. Even when they're walking along, they could monitor the Kinos to see if there's mm-hmm. something. I figured it was a power thing with the Kino that it could only get so far away from the, the gate or the ship. Maybe they've only won and Eli's got it. <laughs> it's mine. Mm-hmm. David said he was almost blinded in this scene. He was looking up into the sun, the sunscreen into his eyes. Ooh. The fact is, the ancients wouldn't have let the life support system get that screwed up in the first place. Rush is set on fixing the ship. He's deaf to any other logic. We need to find a planet we can survive on. This might be our last chance. That ship jumps to FTL, we could be dead before it drops out again. And he like this. He says it's actually shown that he wasn't that big of a wuss. Give me the remote. Or not. He showed some resistance. Sensible amount of resistance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't this mutiny? I'm not sure that applies on the other side of the universe. And this this came out of nowhere, really, didn't it? Is was this bit in the original broadcast? Think so. Mm. I vaguely remember it. Yeah, yeah, because they, they couldn't take too much out of it because this episode isn't really extended to the length of the first two. Yeah, it must mm. be a power thing because you know, he's carrying the Kino in the backpack. If it was still working, there'd be no reason not to have it fly next to your head or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just for the coolness factor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much extra would the CGI bill would this cost? How much else? <laughs> right, put it in your bag. <laughs> I did wonder if that was the reason why they didn't use the Kinos, because with it yeah. being in such a location and the support they would have had, that they... Why do they well, are they threatening to shoot him if he doesn't follow them? They don't care if he follows them or not. That's why he said, you can radio him. I don't. We don't care. Do what you want. We're off. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Take it. I have my own. No, no. I can't go on. I'm never going to make it back. I know it's here. You have to find it. Chris <laughs> is giving up already. He probably thinks himself that important. They won't, they won't leave me, so if I turn back, they'll turn back. Yeah, but at this point, they've been out there for hours. So he knows that the further they get, the faster they're going to have to make it back in the same heat. So in some respects, I can understand why he's acting like a child. Because he's just like, look, I know I can't make it back if I don't head back now. So he's actually, in a way, done the sensible things, just saying, look, you're younger and fitter than I am. You can take my water and still try and find something that we need. This is Scott. What's up? We have a problem. Franklin, Curtis, and Palmer have given up and are headed back to the gate to try dialing the other addresses in the remote. They also have the chemo. They don't think we're going to find the lime here. They want to look for another planet that will support life. This is Eli whispering. <laughs> yeah. They might be able to hear me. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, that's the problem. If they... Then you've got the, the only device that can dial the gate. Yeah. Serious problem. Viable for sustaining life. The ship. The ship's our only real hope of ever getting home. Why didn't he mention that earlier? 
Well, it, it is pretty much common sense, isn't it? You know, oh, just, yeah. just because the immediate area is nice doesn't mean it's going to stay nice and all the rest of the place is nice. You have no idea what the seasons are like. But no, Rush was asked earlier on about whether or not the one of the reasons should be to see if it's habitable. And he goes, well, I'm the only one who can determine that. But if he knows that the time they he has... servants? Yes, he's a senator. He's very wealthy. And did you notice a reflection in the table? Yeah, I did not. I only realised that because they mentioned it in the commentary. I'd never noticed it before. Look at the piano. That changes. The reflection of the other actress. That's, that is very small detail, but obvious when you see it. Everyone is doing the best they can, I assure you. That's not good enough. Mom, it's not his fault. I am a personal friend of the President and of the First Lady. Yes, ma'am. You tell your superiors if anything happens to her, I will go public with what I know. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> And they will lock you up if you threaten yeah. to spill the beans. Yep. In fact, O'Neill will take special pleasure in locking up a senator's wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, not when he's no longer breathing. But if he was ever friends with Kinsey, he will take special pleasure in locking mm. her up. I don't think you could be friends with Kinsey and be a supporter of the Stargate program to that extent. You know, that's a fair point. It's a very fair point. <laughs> Oh, this is this is bad. Oh dear. Here we go again. Come play with me. You stop questioning your own eyesight. You're going to approach it because that's a good plan. Well, you could turn around and run back screaming, but you just haven't got the energy. Well, he's already seen it and it's quickly disappeared, so he doesn't know that he can outrun it. And the thing is, he doesn't know yet that he's hallucinating, really. Yeah, we, we've had third-person view of it, so we know it, it exists. But we don't. Well, we do, because we saw it... No, I mean, we don't We don't exist from their perspective. This next sequence, done on a budget, but looks very, very good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> A simple prosthetic... And the leaf blower. I need water. Almost there. I thought since I gave Scott my canteen, we'd share. And you were wrong about that. Now, these are the uh, the odd couple. <laughs> you think you know me pretty well, don't you? I helped choose the personnel for Icarus Base. I read your file. And neither you nor Captain Marvel back there were on my list. Oh, that's <laughs> not very <laughs> well, You think I care? <laughs> yeah, we all do, mate. Keep walking. <laughs> you think just because you were born poor, that gives you the right to be angry at the world? How mm, pathetic. Yeah, yeah. You, you think that's why I'm angry? If it wasn't for the army, you'd be in jail. Or worse. <laughs> uh, well, he may have a point there. I mean, his anger issues, as we learn, do come from his childhood. Yes. I have earned the right to make decisions without explaining myself to you or anyone else. You give me some of that water. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Not really. Yes, I've had managers like Rush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, Having yeah. a manager like Rush is the reason I went to Finland. Yeah. Well, again, I admire him for taking on Greer. And how long did it take to wash out all that sand? I wonder. <laughs> In your face. Oh, really? Yeah, really. And again, at this point, we really don't know if Greer is angry, psychotic. He is so on the edge. Right now, I pray to the God above that dehydration will shut you the hell up. Walk or die here. It's your choice, Mr. Decision Maker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> up and down the emotions. It, it's crazy. It is crazy, isn't it? He's just got some anger issues going on. Some issues with authoritarian figures. Oh, that's not a good idea. Yeah, I'm not sure this is a sensible decision. No, it isn't. Vegetation, water, air. It's not too late for you to come with us. Yoga, we'll die back when we know it's safe to evacuate everyone. You'll never get back home. You don't know that. Maybe there's a way we can use the gate system to connect the dock. There has to be a reason the ship locked out those presses. It makes you wonder if there were some sort of relationship between at least those pair on the base. Bye-bye. Nice to have known you. Oh, Eli. <laughs> a little bit of delayed yeah. reaction there. <laughs> and Eli had to do that on every subsequent take. And he was kicking himself for it. Shoot him. 
Aye. And note that. Rush said, shoot him. Why'd you do that? He told me to. Remember that in about five minutes. Yeah. He saved his life. By shooting him? He'll live. There's just the fact, all the things about doing as he's told and everything else. And as soon as he says, shoot him, he's like, yeah, I'll do as you're told now. <laughs> yeah. If you tell me to do something I want to do, that's fine. It's almost half time. We only have six hours till the ship leaves. Lieutenant, this is Greer. Come in. I'll be turned back by now. Lieutenant. Well, the decision they made is pretty final. Lieutenant's playing with the windstorm. Yeah, even Dead Reckoning. I'd be worried about finding the gate again. That looks solid. Yeah, that does. It's very cool looking. The thing is, this planet is clearly uninhabited. I don't see any bones or anything. Wouldn't you see bones? Well, the sand would have scoured them clean and eat, eat them away, I mean. There might not have been any vertebrates around. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, it could have just been sort of sea life at one point. Oh, hello. Okay, that's not quite right. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that they didn't remove his footprints, so shows him actually in the sand rather than like a, a hallucination which very realistic hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. I just paid 22 euro for the Blu-ray and DVD combo edition of Deadpool. And of course, for only two people, there's a lot of footprints behind them. And <laughs> I think this is like one of sure, the very... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at some point it became impractical to uh, remove the footprints. Yeah, yeah, they did pretty good for the rest of it. But yeah, I think this was like the, the one time that I noticed that it's just like they hadn't... That coming the desert comments, wasn't that a literal thing in Spaceballs? Yeah, yes. what he was making reference to. I mean, that small point when Eli took his shades off and his skin around his eyes is still pale. Mm. Yeah. That is frightening. You know, when they were filming in Vancouver, you know, you knew it wasn't hot. Warm, maybe, <laughs> but not hot. Here, they are living it. Yeah. And granted, we know there are tents just off camera. There's water. There's plenty of shade. I'll go with you. No, no, you're just going to slow me down. But this man has to get back to the ship. He needs medical attention. Dial. He can take Franklin back. You wait here for me. You have five hours to find him and get back. Oh, well, it's not been a pleasure knowing you. <laughs> Sarcasm to the last, and that's our rush. What do I need that for? Just in case. In case what? I don't even know how to fire this thing. Didn't book him back. <laughs> yeah, the Smith and West and the ultimate point-and-click interface. Rather than saying, this is how you shoot, it's just like, you better be here. <laughs> yeah. It's cocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Eli's happy. Ah, Rush's expression. Magic. Rush is more concerned that he shoot him by accident. I have a gun. Yeah, can you point that gun slightly to the left? <laughs> ah, Young's back. Why do I feel like I've been drugged? Oh, good to have you back, sir. Son of... Oh, what the hell was Telford doing? Wow. Telford was being a dick. <laughs> he was a bit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the ship's only medic doesn't have to watch over him all the time. There they are. Hurry up, hurry up! Come on, help him, help him! What happened? Greer. Greer shot him. Water. <laughs> oh, you swine. Yeah, but he is correct. He did. He just left out the bit that he told him to. <laughs> yeah, like, like... Very selective. He has a Teok level of leaving out strategic information. And there... <laughs> Riley, that was my water you drank. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. He's following a will of the wisp. Yeah, David was saying when he was filming one of his scenes, he looked across the dunes and he could see Scott walking along, and Scott was filming this scene. <laughs> to get everything done, they had first unit, second unit, special unit. They really crammed it in. I forgot all this religious stuff with the lieutenant. Yeah, this flashback, you think, where the hell did this come from? Yeah, it eventually makes sense, but yeah, for the moment, you you end up with more questions than answers. Well, that's the idea. It's the, first, it's the opening episode that's trying to pull you in and ask you lots of questions without answering them. But again, like I said on the other episodes, this sort of character development, you never got for years when it came to Stargate SG-1 and Atlantis. Right, yeah. And there's your discolored sun. Yep. The cross showing salvation. Curtis, Palmer, 
This is Eli. If you can hear me, please come in. Curtis, Palmer, please respond. So Eli's here on his own. Uh, I'm going to drain the irreplaceable batteries trying to find someone who's not answering. God, Eli, I thought you were supposed to be bright. Now you're alone. <laughs> She's not going to have it. You're certain? She's 16. We barely even know each other. What are you going to do? I don't know. About anything. Now, from this conversation, do you get the impression that he was thinking of going in the priesthood or he was just a, a young lad who's knocked up a woman? A young lad yeah, knocked up a, a woman? I would say a girl at 16, not a woman. He's obviously got something to do with... I thought he was my calling. Definitely does imply going in. Yeah, that's what I got from it. Maybe, you know, obviously he was an altar boy and... Speaking as someone who was raised Catholic. Priest is played by Timothy Weber. If you're watching Cedar Cove or Once Upon a Time these last couple of seasons, he will be a very familiar face. Also appeared in MacGyver way back when. Uh, MacGyver. MacGyver, which they are rebooting. Yeah, I saw they picked the lead actor. It was remarkably mullet-free. <laughs> <laughs> the one that surprised me was they're turning movie time after time with Malcolm McDowell into a TV series. The hell? What you give, you shall receive. So obviously the creature didn't need the water, it recognised a gift. Yeah. I mean, obviously if it relied on water, it would be dead. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be too much of it about. Or indeed Well, any. obviously it does have there, it managed to get the water that it needs, and of course it's returning the favour. Yeah. Didn't care with them. Well, I imagine everybody had them. Yeah, they are carrying at least one or two, yeah. Yeah, no point going looking for it if you can't test for it. Yeah. I found it. Nah, where the hell am I? <laughs> but it does leave you to believe, okay, now is he hallucinating or is he in some sort of communication with this alien life form? Because we have had instances in Stargate before where things are done telepathically as well as hallucinations. So if you look at Grace and, was it Grace Under Pressure, you've got hallucinations yeah. there, not to mention all the other... That one scene, like I said, where we saw it and nobody else did, I think that confirms there is something on this world. Right. Throughout the episode, you are sort of wondering which one is it. It's only coming to this end part now that you suddenly think, okay, it is definitely a life form because, of course, it helped him sort of find what he was looking yeah. for because he'd fed the dust, whatever it is. You know, Joel Goldsmith should have done much more movie work. The music for this episode is phenomenal. This the music was good for all the episodes, you. really. Of course, you see them cleaning out the container here. I mean, when I rewatched this episode this week, they said it on the commentary, as the music and the tempo builds up towards the end, you really, really get invested in it. Yeah. Oh, the little montage with Chloe and TJ working together, that was filmed five months after the initial filming. Wee! <laughs> Many times did he fall shooting that? That must have been Bam Bam doing that. There's no way they'd let the actor do that. All the Stargate series kind of treated their stuff more as mini-movies than TV shows. Yeah, when they had the, the money group. in the budget for a season, they just went all out with the money. I like the way they've got the drag mark all the way across the sand. Yeah, they, they filled it with sandbags to give it the weight, oh <laughs> make God, him so. work for it. <laughs> Who else would it be? <laughs> I mean, from all the commentaries, we know the only time they cut corners budget-wise was because they needed to, because they needed the money for one or the other. So it's... Yeah. He said he was worried Greer was running towards him so fast he wondered if he'd stop in time. <laughs> Take the bag. No time. Is That's it? good water. That really <laughs> got him refreshed quickly. Is I did wonder how he actually managed to find him because of that huge desert, you just go off. But then I suddenly thought, oh, hang on, didn't in SG-1 a couple of times they talk about being able to track the location of the radios? Um, I'd accept that explanation if they had a little bit of, even just a couple of words. I think he got lucky. He came across the track. Incoming. 
I really wouldn't stand that close to it. I really, really wouldn't. No, neither would I. I think those radios do have like a little set of bars on them that you know you get more bars when you're facing the right direction, kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't know how accurate that really is, though. I'll stay. It's okay. I got it. I love this from Eli. I started this. I've got to finish it. I'm not military, but this is my job. Right. He feels probably responsible for it in the first place because he didn't. It wouldn't have done any difference. They'd have shot him probably. That and he's worried Greer will shoot him if he's not there. <laughs> yeah. You will be here when I get back. Yes. I want my, I want me gun back. <laughs> what you told him to do. Less than one minute. And we got the countdown as well. Really? They're not in Kino's site. Oh, there they are. Oh, there it's just like, it's finally used. I see them. They're carrying something. We got it! And you see, they're on top of the other dune, so it's just like, okay, you've got less than a minute to get down one and up to the other, but they've somehow made it. Because <laughs> they managed to use a trick we've seen before. I want you to stick your arm into the event horizon of the puddle. Seriously? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm betting there's some kind of safety protocol. Prevent someone getting cut off on it. Yeah, what if there is? 20 seconds. Eli, do it now. I say the music, they're just they're increasing the volume of the music as well. Mm-hmm. That's rare. You normally don't want to drown out any narrative. is this there's been a lot of parts of this part where there just isn't any narrative at all so it works yeah. a lot better than it usually would do yeah eli's dead either way so may as well be dead without an arm yeah, yeah. i just love the way if it cuts that your body's on the other side so <laughs> don't worry about it mate. <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face is great <laughs> i'm still alive i do wonder how many takes that took because they had to get that lined up just right yeah lieutenant look at me look at me look at me well done, Eli. Nice how the ancients have the same zero. <laughs> Wasn't it the Arab that gave Europeans the concept of zero? I believe so. Right, we're out of here. There we go. Zip. In the quiet of a shadow. It looks like milk. milk. Is that milk? Uh, I wouldn't have thought it was milk, but obviously it's. Uh... It, could have been, it could be condensed milk, so it'd be cheaper. But it, wouldn't condensed milk have less volume? But you uncondensed it then. Powdered milk. <laughs> We're going to discuss what they've used. You're wearing all the silence. He looks sunburned. Well, yeah. He looks badly sunburned. <laughs> oh, look, air. Yummy. Yeah. <laughs> this is Breathe by Alexi Murdoch. This was the first arcade series to use actual songs with words rather than just music. Yeah. The songs that they pick are always just so fitting as well. In Oh, yeah. That, that, re- that really impressed me when I was watching it for the first time. Yeah, this was picked by Robert C. Cooper. Your life is here, no eleventh hour reprieve, so don't forget to breathe. They asked him in the commentary, were you lying still because of the sunburn or you were just that exhausted? Can't it be both? <laughs> it probably is both. <laughs> And Chloe said that's the that's the last time she wore that dress. Still shiny. Yeah, she can't really help herself. <laughs> I brought you some water. I thought of some. You really need to drink it. I'm fine. She's all sparkly. She's a fairy. And he's still got the cross, so he retained his uh, religious convictions. I do like the way that they've got the makeup on him so well done with all the hands and sort of left an area for where the cap was and the sunglasses well it makes you wonder doesn't it is it makeup what order were they filmed have they just literally flown back well they said (laughs) that they shot all this and they did all the stuff in the desert several weeks later which is why i said i would have never known it was so out of order given how well they did with all the makeup because they must have had to make sure while they're out there that they kept it so it was consistent throughout I pretty much drank himself to death when I was 16. Oh my God. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to... 
diminish what you're going through. I, I know. I think my point is, it's just some things you never get over. Keep your head above water. That's just the way it is. Don't forget to breathe. That when you can't tell the difference, just shows you how good the continuity was. Yeah. Really, for the for being out in the desert and getting sunburned, all you have to do is note what note what was going to get covered. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Take a picture. Darken up everything around the sunglasses and the hands, and you're good to go. Yeah, because all you're doing is copying reality. You're not faking it twice. Right, mm-hmm. and the sunburn always looks a little bit worse after you're out of sun than while you're in the sun, too, so... Now, right now... Okay, traditional ending to an episode. We've seen this before many times. Zooms out. Yeah. Wonderful view <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move along, move along. Just breathe. It's like, what? No! You can't end it there. What the hell's that? Who's that? <laughs> it's got its own shield. That gives you a huge question mark at the end of the episode. Yeah. It had me looking really forward to the next episode when it originally played. I'm like, whoa, oh, what's going to happen now? Well, which is the <laughs> idea? So more people watch. Right. You know, there has to be a hook. The fact is, I think probably Universe more than Atlantis or SG One was planned out well in advance. They knew what they wanted to do. Uh, as I said, half the season had been produced when it started to be broadcast, so they really, really were committed to what they wanted to do. Yeah, they had a full arc because you had some underlying arcs in Stargate SG One and Stargate U- um, Atlantis, which sort of some of these aspects of those stories sort of carried over sort of like with replicators whatever this one was one big story yeah it was i wonder how much of this was actually written uh, while they're writing the stuff for atlantis as far as because with atlantis they had to create a lot more of the ancient backstory you know to their storylines how much how much of this was kind of left over from the atlantis background stuff yeah there may have been some crossover but uh you don't really know where the most of the ideas came from okay then folks that was a part three fantastic episode i have been surprised how much i've enjoyed watching these three episodes great episode yeah as i said at the beginning of episode one the amount of hate that there was for universe because of how different it was i think was just so undeserved yeah and i think a lot of that came down to the fact that universe got blamed for the cancellation of atlantis even though the decision for universe came well before the decision for atlantis to be dropped yeah i gotta agree with you on that there was no reason for the hate on the universe. It was a very different tone than the other two series, but it still fit with the rest of the Stargate genre or universe, however you want to put it. If Universe Now got more, you know, got more coverage from the streaming services, or you know, you might get people just like people did with Enterprise, like I said before, going back to it and realizing that you know, give it a second chance, give it another go. Mm. It's well worth it. And please release that season two Blu-ray. <laughs> I will buy it. <laughs> At least with Stargate Universe. It actually left it in a position where it could be continued even now because the way that it was, they could have made it that it just took a lot longer for them to get where they were going. As I've said, some or all of the cast do not need to return. Yeah. Right. They, uh, they can re- restart it without even having any of the original cast still there if they wanted to. They could get away with it. It's TV. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, because if they find another planet... Well, perhaps perhaps they can get the actors who play their doubles. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is they could easily do it that sort of 10 years later, they finally find another planet, they get out there, and yeah, not all the crew survive, but of course, that will be handled much later on. Yeah, I mean, as long as you have someone who is or looks like Eli. Well, David's got the time. He, he's free, he'll freely admit that he's not involved in a long-term series at the moment, so... Yeah, I think as long as you've got Eli, you don't need anybody else. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Yeah, and David David loves Stargate, so, you know, we're sold if he's in it. Yeah, well, he was and the it, biggest fan of Stargate out of all the actors. And if they could find a way to bring in Rodney while they're there, that'd be even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched David Hewlett on the Murdoch Mysteries about a month back. Oh, he's a brilliant, even a small role like that. I liked his role in the, the Planet of the Apes movie, where he was just the jerk airline pilot <laughs> neighbor that yeah. spreads disease to the rest of the planet. <laughs> Right then, folks, that was Air Part 3. Next week, we are going to be watching Darkness, and Thomas will be joining us for that. On an all-new Stargate universe. The lights went off in my compartment. Yeah, it's the same all over. All of our power is gone. 
What's going on, Eli? You mean right now? Don't be an idiot. You must be getting to know me because I respond really well to that. Stargate Universe, an original series, only on Sci-Fi. Imagine greater. And that'll be yes. 314, Alan. <laughs> yes, not 313, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you really want to go on about 213. We were both off by one. The significance of the digit was simply different. You know, next time he's going to say 400 just to be stuck. Probably. I only question it because I had just downloaded the updates from my iPod for new podcast for the week mm-hmm. uh, before getting on for this. So wait a minute. I just saw 310. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah. You? What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We got some feedback from Mac. He said, I've been on holiday, so feedback was late this week. The second part of Air was an eye-opener for me. I didn't know there was an extended version out there, so listening to the extra bits was a nice surprise. Overall, a good, solid character-building episode. And when the Senator took his own life for his daughters, all my gripes with Part 1 disappeared. Looking forward to Part 3. We'll watch the episode again this week. I did enjoy the show, despite some of its major flaws. Thanks, Mac. Hope the weather stayed fine for your holiday. And no worries, feedback is welcome any time for any episode. First time around, the slow build of all the characters seemed counterproductive, but during this rewatch, you realise how much information is being provided for the large main cast, and of course the minor recurring characters, who are having little tidbits of information provided by the writers. Already heavily invested in Greer, which took me half the series to get into, at least on initial viewing, and even Ray, who was never a favourite, will blossom in the next couple of episodes. There is so much going on, and it was a shame so many never gave it a chance or dropped it quickly as the pacing and style moved away from SG-1 and Atlantis. Thanks to everyone who has been sharing the show info. Our coverage of Universe, I believe, has started strong, thanks to Steve and Jeff, and will be continuing as Thomas joins us for the next two episodes. They've been recorded, and again, thoroughly enjoyed them. Hope you enjoy our discussion of them as well. Feedback, reviews, ratings, etc. are always welcome. And if you do want to get in touch with us, here are the options. You can comment on any of our episodes or anything from Stargate as a whole. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the characters and episodes. If you do fancy getting in touch with us, then you can do so via the contact form, which is on our website, which is at gatecast.co.uk. Or you can send us an email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Google+, and are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. You'll find all the links on our website. If you have a minute, then a rating or review on either of those services would be most welcome. The standalone RSS feed, which lists every episode we've released, can also be found on our website, under Mission Reports. That link can be copied and manually added to a podcatcher, and will give you direct access on that device to all the shows, unlike iTunes, which only lists the previous 25. Right then, let's wrap up. Okay then, guys, do you want to give a bit of contact information for yourself, Steve, first? If you want to get me all over the internet, at Midnight Shadow 7, and that's night spelt N-I-T-E, and the number 7. Jeff? I can be found at Twitter at I-M-W-O-Z, capital I-A-M, capital W-O-O-Z. And yeah, that's about it. That was it, part three. Join us next week for Darkness. But until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. <laughs> Come on. I've been Jeff. And I've been Steve. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.